welcome to this audio edition of Philip Usher's program notes for upcoming concerts by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. My name is Rich Caparella. Concerts by the CSO on Thursday, November 1st through Saturday, November 3rd, see a return to the podium for former music director Daniel Berenboim. But one work on the program, Mavlast, My Country, music by Smetana. The performance time around 77 minutes. Although his name came to symbolize the Czech music spirit, Bedrick Smetana spent most of his early career outside his native country. Prague did not wish to acknowledge me, so I left it, he wrote to his parents from Sweden in December 1856. But in 1860, after returning to Prague for a vacation, he admitted the complexity of his decision. It is sad that I am forced to seek my living in foreign lands, far from my home which I love so dearly and where I would so gladly live. My heart is heavy as I take leave of these places. Be happy, my homeland, which I love above all, my beautiful, my great, my only homeland. Your soil is sacred to me. The following year, Smetana moved back to Prague for good. With The Bartered Bride, the opera he began in 1862, Smetana revealed that his patriotic feelings went far beyond mere homesickness. Still incensed by the offhand remark made by the second-rate conductor Johannes von Herbeck that Czechs made good performers but were not capable of writing significant music, Smetana was determined to create a national style of composition. Mavlost, My Country, a cycle of six symphonic poems, is the ultimate fruit of Smetana's mission, testament to his intense national pride and the brilliant success he achieved. I am the creator of the Czech style in the dramatic as well as the symphonic field, he wrote in 1882, the year the complete Mavlost was performed for the first time, and by then few could argue with him. Smetana was attracted to the symphonic poem largely through his acquaintance with Liszt's defining works in the form, most of them written in the 1850s and published shortly thereafter, and by his friendship with Liszt himself. In 1856, Liszt dedicated his score to Tasso, the first of his symphonic poems to appear in print, to Smetana. Smetana visited Liszt at Weimar the following year and heard performances of the Faust Symphony and the Ideala, which recalibrated his outlook as a composer. Within a few years, the one-movement symphonic poem became Smetana's form of choice, beginning with scores based on dramas by Shakespeare and Schiller. He did not at first call them symphonic poems. His Richard III, he said, was neither an overture nor a symphony. In short, something still to be named, and he later referred to it simply as a fantasy for a large orchestra. In the 1860s, Smetana was mostly occupied with the world of opera, composing a series of works in his native language that proved so enduring and characteristic of his homeland that he is known as the father of Czech opera. It was only when he began to plan Mavlost in 1872 that he was able to turn his attention to the kind of descriptive symphonic music that was the natural form for expressing his deepest artistic thoughts. 
Smetana began concentrated work on the opening pair of the cycle's symphonic poems in late September 1874. Visharad, the old citadel in Prague, and Voltava, the river Moldau that runs through the city. But in October, he went completely deaf. He had begun to have trouble with his hearing that summer. Like Beethoven before him, he now wrote music constantly, almost defiantly. In November 1877, he remarked that, In these three years of deafness, I have completed more music than I had otherwise done in ten. The bounty included an opera, a string quartet called From My Life, a chilling personal record of his difficulties, and the first four parts of Mavlost. He had added Sharka, named for the female warrior of Czech legend, and From Bohemian Fields and Groves. At the time, this appeared to be all that Smetana would write of Mavlost, and each of the four pieces was performed independently with great success. But then, in 1878 and 79, Smetana returned to the project and added two more parts, Tabor, named for an ancient stronghold, and Blanik, a kind of Czech Valhalla where Czech warriors waited to come to the rescue of the homeland, which apparently had been part of his plan all along. The work was finished on March 9, 1879. When the complete Mavlost was performed for the first time in 1882, Smetana could not hear the music or the triumphant reception. Smetana did not make a rough sketch of the programmatic content of Mavlost until his publisher asked for one in 1879 in anticipation of the publication of the work, first in a reduction for piano four hands and then as a full orchestral score. Smetana settled on the final version of his title, Ma Vlost, before he had simply referred to it as Vlost, only at the very last, the addition of the single word Ma, giving it a tellingly personal and arguably possessive touch. In a letter to his publisher, František Urbanek, in May 1879, Smetana described the opening tone poem, Visharad, named for the rock precipice that towers above the river Moldau as it flows toward Prague, and of the old fortress that sits at its pinnacle. The harps of the bards begin. A bard sings of the events that have taken place on Visharad, of the glory, splendor, tournaments and battles, and finally its downfall and ruin. The composition ends on an elegiac note. The second tone poem, Vultava, Moldau, has always been the most popular of the six pieces, and it is one of music's greatest landscape paintings. Smetana's friend, the conductor Mori Anga, said the music came to the composer one day when the two of them went out into the countryside looking for the spot where two rivers joined together. Within him sounded the first chords of the two motifs which intertwine and increase and later grow and swell into a mighty melodic stream. Later, Smetana explained how that idea blossomed into a detailed, full-color portrait of the Moldau. The composition depicts the course of the river from its beginning where two brooks, one cold, the other warm, join a stream running through forests and meadows and a lovely countryside where merry feasts are celebrated, water sprites dance in the moonlight. 
on nearby rocks can be seen the outline of ruined castles proudly soaring into the sky. Voltava swirls through the St. John Rapids and flows in a broad stream toward Prague. It passes Vyshehrad and disappears majestically into the distance where it joins the Labe. Sharka tells the tale of one of the daughters of the founding family of Bohemia who rebels against the rule of men, as Smetana wrote. It begins with the enraged Sharka swearing vengeance on the whole male race for the infidelity of her lover. From afar is heard the arrival of armed men led by Shtirad, who has come to punish Sharka and her rebellious maidens. In the distance, Shtirad hears the feigned cries of a girl, Sharka, bound to a tree. On seeing her, he is overcome by her beauty and so inflamed with love that he frees her. By means of a previously prepared potion, she intoxicates Tirad and his men who fall asleep. As she sounds her horn, a prearranged signal, the rebel maidens, hidden in nearby rocks, rush to commit the bloody deed. The horror of general slaughter and the passion and fury of Sharka's fulfilled revenge form the end of the composition. Smetana composed from Bohemia's fields and groves while staying with his daughter and son-in-law in the village of Yapkenitze. There is a general description of the feelings which the sight of the Czech countryside conjures up, he wrote. From nearly all sides, a song both gay and melancholic rings out full of fervor from the groves and the meadows, the woodlands, horn solos, and the gay, fertile lowlands of the Elba and many, many other parts. Everything is remembered in a hymn of praise. Everyone may imagine what he chooses when hearing this work. The poet has the field open to him. All he has to do is follow the composition in detail. In conversation with a friend, he spoke more specifically of the joy of being in the woods in summer at midday when the sun is directly overhead and of the magic of twilight when the sun's rays fall behind the trees. The ending, he said, represents a festival. The last two symphonic poems are linked by subject and musical material with the Hussite chorale, those who are warriors of God, as the centerpiece of both. The city of Tabor, south of Prague, was the center of the Hussite Rebellion, the 15th century political and religious movement dedicated to Bohemian independence. The whole composition, Smetana wrote, is based on this majestic chorale. It was undoubtedly in the town of Tabor, the seat of the Hussites, that this stirring hymn resounded most powerfully and most frequently. The words of the old chorale inflamed the combatants but spread terror in the ranks of the enemy. The piece depicts the strong will to win battles and the dogged perseverance of the Taborites. It expresses the glory and renown of the Hussite struggle and the indestructible character of the Hussite warriors. It was the period of Bohemia's power and greatness. Blanik begins where the preceding composition ends, Smetana said. Following their eventual defeat, the Hussite heroes took refuge in Blanik Mountain, where in heavy slumber they wait for the moment they will be called to the aid of their country. 
Hence, the chorale that was used as the basic motif in Tabor is also used as the foundation of this piece. It is on the basis of this melody, the Hussite chorale, that the resurrection of the Czech nation, its future happiness and glory will develop. With this victorious hymn written in the form of a march, the composition ends, and with it, the whole cycle of Mavlast. As a brief intermezzo, we hear a short idyll, a description of the Blanik region, where a little shepherd boy plays a pipe while the echo gently floats back to him. A footnote, encouraged by the success of Mavlost, Smetana began a new symphonic cycle in 1883 based on Czech dances, but he completed only the first section, the introduction and polonaise, before he died. Program notes by Philip Huscher on Mavlost by Bedrick Smetana. My name is Rich Camparella. Thanks for listening.